This is a really exciting topic. We've uh, got our Bibles with us. So if you haven't, uh, pause this, go and get it, because uh, we want to turn up uh, a few passages uh, with you. How we want to present that, this is that uh, Noah and I have discussed it a little and we've come up with some questions. So we've got a few questions. We'll answer those to uh, present our thoughts on this exciting subject, resurrection and new life. So Noah, what's the first question? To believe that God raised Jesus, a man from the dead, seems a bit far-fetched, doesn't it? So fair enough. And I guess most people would say uh, the same thing. The very question is asked in the Bible. So there's a passage in Acts 26 and verse 8, which is from a man uh, called the Apostle Paul. And he said, says this, why should it be thought a thing incredible with you? that God should raise the dead. And I guess if we believe in a God that created the heavens and the earth, it shouldn't be so incredible that he raised someone from the dead or has the power uh, to do that. But it does require faith to believe in an almighty God, and it requires faith to believe that God raised the Lord Jesus. Uh, let's have a look at this faith in practice. Uh, if you've got Bibles, uh, this is the toughest uh, book we're going to find uh, today, uh, but I want you to go to Hebrews and I want you to go to chapter 11. So go to the New Testament of your Bibles and go past Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts and Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, and then you're at Hebrews. And we want Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to ask Noah to read verses 17, 18, and 19. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, 18, and 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead. From hence also he received him in a figure. So this chapter is all about men and women's faith. They believed in the things that God was able to do, even though some of those things would be impossible by man or with man. And Abraham believed that God was able to raise up his son, whom God, proving him, had asked him to sacrifice. So it's, it's showing us, yeah, it, it does require faith uh, to believe that God has raised up Jesus, a man, from the dead requires faith. But is it so incredible if there is a God Almighty who created the heavens and the earth? So we have to become convinced of this God and he asks us to read his word and to look at what he said and we will see those things coming true. So what's the next one now? How can we be sure that the resurrection really happened? So Again, there's an element of faith, but there are things that are recorded in the word of God, in the Bible, that are also recorded by sources outside of the Bible, by historians, for example. So uh, as an example, uh, there is proof that this man, the Lord Jesus, actually existed. There is proof that he was a man who was crucified. There is also... Um, two versions of why there was a tomb that was empty. So in here, uh, we read of these. And again, this is talked about by historians. Uh, the disciples believed 
that the Lord Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. That wasn't an incredible thing by God. He could do that, of course. But the Romans and the uh, rulers of the Jewish people made up a story uh, that the disciples had pinched the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if they found the body, no worries. Uh, we would be able to uh, prove that actually the body, but it was never found, of course. Why? Because we believe he was raised from the dead. But do you see both parties agree that there was an empty tomb? The other point is the change it made in people's lives. OK, let's use our Bibles again and, and just have a look at an example of the disciples. So we want to go to the Gospel of John. So John uh, chapter 21. So if in the New Testament again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and chapter 21. And we're going to look at the disciples here uh, after the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can see that they are uh, dejected, not sure what to do, so they go back to their jobs. John chapter 21, and Noah, can you read verse 3, please? John chapter 21, verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. So Simon Peter calls his other disciples and says, I'm going back, I'm going, going fishing. Later on in this chapter, they meet a man and realise it's the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to see what a difference this makes to Simon Peter and others' disciples' lives. Uh, come over to the next book, which is the Acts of the Apostles, and I want you to go to chapter 4. So I'll ask uh, Noah to read Acts chapter 4 and verse 3, please. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now even time. So we've gone into the middle of a section here, but this is Peter, the same Peter, and John. And they put them in a hold. Why? Because they're preaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, who they say is risen from the dead. Now, if you think that was a made up story, this would be a bit crackers, wouldn't it? That they're taking this risk to be put in jail. And look at their boldness. So if you go a bit later in the chapter, let's read verses 18, 19 and 20, please, Noah. Verse, Acts chapter 4, verse 18, 19 and 20. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I just love this. They're being told, don't say anything. We'll let you out, but don't say a word. And they say, well, hang on, we can't stop it. Uh, is it more important for us to uh, listen to you or listen to God? And that last verse 20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and we've heard. Those are the things that change them. The resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. And do you remember that verse that I quoted to you uh, just a, a few moments ago? It was from Acts 26 and verse 8. And it said, why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? And I told you that was the Apostle Paul. Well, he was once referred to as Saul from Tarsus. And he goes on to say after that verse, when he says, 
Is it that incredible that the almighty God should raise the dead? He says, I verily thought that myself, that I thought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I didn't believe in the resurrection and I was doing things against him, against what was being taught, this resurrection. Uh, I was persecuting people, but actually I know it's true. So it changed people. And if it was just a fabrication, do you see that wouldn't hold fast, would it? There are people who have uh, pretended to be the Christ or the Messiah before, and they've actually gained a following. But as soon as they die, then all those things peter out. And yet the spread of the gospel, the good news that uh, God has given through the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, continues to spread across the, uh, the world. And these people were willing to put their lives at risk. Okay, next one now. How did Jesus have a new life? Okay, so the Lord Jesus Christ was raised uh, to, to life from the dead, and he was raised immortal. Uh, when he lived, he lived with a human nature. He was born of a woman, and he was aging. And yet God has raised him from the dead immortal. And it's important we recognise that. Because God also says we can be like that. We can have a life like that. So let's just have a look at uh, a passage from Romans. So we've gone from John to Acts to Romans. Uh, please come to Romans chapter 6 and verse 9. And uh, I'm going to ask uh, Noah to please read from Romans chapter 6 verses 9 and 10. Romans chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, as it says here, has been raised to life that he dies no more. That's his life, his new life. He actually didn't sin. He died for our sins. How incredible is that? And, and God is saying that's almost more incredible that God would accept him for our sins than it is that he's risen him from the dead. So here in Romans chapter 6, we see this new life is immortal. So no next question. The title Resurrection and New Life, what does that mean for me? OK, so we've got to apply this to ourselves for sure. And I guess there are two parts. What does it mean to us? Uh, resurrection, a new life. Well, the two parts are one is that eternal life. Uh, we've just seen that the Lord Jesus Christ was raised to die no more. And that promise is to us uh, as well. So let's go on to 1 Corinthians. So the next book after Romans uh, we want 1 Corinthians 15, uh, and just again pick up one verse here that will help us. 1 Corinthians 15, and uh, let's uh, get Noah to read verse 20, please. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that are slept. So when it's referring to people that are asleep, they're dead. 
So there are people who believed in God, who believed that God raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that he did die for our sins. And they want to be part of God's purpose that is forever, God's kingdom on this earth. And yet they died. Ah, but you see, the Lord Jesus Christ was the first fruits to be raised of them that slept. He was an example of this new life that we can have. So in one sense or one answer to that question, what does it mean to me? It gives us something to look forward to. It's a hope. Uh, and what an incredible thing that is. There's a verse that says, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. And it says you've got to comfort yourselves together with these words. But there's an important second aspect of what does that mean to me? Uh, and that is that God wants to respond. If you believe this, God says, I want you to respond. I want you to do something about it. You'll know these verses well, but let's turn to them. Uh, it's in Mark chapter 16. And we just want to read uh, two verses there. Verses 15 and 16. So again, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and we'll ask Noah to read uh, Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 and 16. And he saith unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that liveth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So verse 16 says, he that believeth, if you believe and is baptised, that's the action. It's baptism. Uh, if you believe, show your belief uh, by being baptised. And, you know, it's the most beautiful imagery. Uh, what's really sad is that there are some people who believe baptism is just like the sprinkling of water on your head. But the very word baptise means and requires full submersion and it's a, a picture of the death going under the water and then coming up the resurrection and in that type we are baptized in the belief that the Lord Jesus Christ was raised to life that he sits at the right hand of God that he's the center of God's eternal purpose and that's why in verse 15 they are told that go and preach this to all the world, that he that believes and is baptised shall be saved. And it says, if you don't, you'll be damned. There, there isn't a hope. Well, of course not. Just one verse uh, to go. Uh, just come with me back into Romans. So uh, we're in um, Mark now, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and we want chapter six. So Romans chapter six. And we'll ask uh, Noah to read verse four, please. Romans chapter six and verse four. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So it's saying there that we should be baptised. And it then goes on to say, so we also should walk in newness of life. That's, that's what we've got to do now. Resurrection, a new life, 
we've got to be baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection. And then we need to put the uh, effort, the application into leading uh, a new life, to walk in newness of life. So just to finish, uh, I've got a question for Noah. So this is your question. Um, you were baptised nearly a year ago. So what was it that convinced you to be baptised? Well, what convinced me was to be baptised was that um, I believed there was one God, the God that from the beginning, from in his plan, um, had a son and his son was to be um, killed and resurrected. And I believe that this was in God's plan from the beginning. And I believe that there was one God and that God gave his son and that his son was resurrected. And so Noah, nearly a year ago, uh, was baptised in Mumbles Christadelphian Hall. Uh, we have a big bath and went under the water, uh, symbolising the death of our old life and was raised to a newness of life. So what an exciting subject this is. Uh, what we want you to do is, is to read your Bibles, to find out more about it. And if you've got any questions, contact us at Mumbles Christadelphians. I'm going to share my screen and you'll see the details uh, there so that you can get in contact. But thanks for joining us and we we'll look forward to uh, speaking to you again uh, very soon.